of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is the Kenny and JT Show on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Well, folks, about nine days, and it will be legal in the state of Ohio to place a wager on your favorite or maybe not so favorite sporting event. And we know that we're firmly entrenched in the bowl season right now, college football, and we've got a lot of NFL and NBA games this weekend. So as usually on a Friday afternoon, we break it all down with Chris Van Dyne, professional handicapper at ncsports.com. Chris, happy holidays, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Happy holidays to you, too, and your listeners. And uh, we're, we're excited. Uh, almost here. I just I wish we could move the, uh, the date up <laughs> a few days so I could uh, – legally get my wagers in on these bowl games luckily i'll be in pennsylvania tomorrow so it'll be uh accessible for me for about uh 24 hours but uh yeah it would be nice if we could get this in a week early because there's some really juicy bowl games out there they tried to get it done and have it move forward so they could wager on the ohio state peach bowl on new year's eve they wouldn't do it yeah that would have made sense i mean you know you got a big game for ohio state that day why not kick it off with an Ohio State, you know, game day? That would have been a big money maker for the books. I, that, I, I can't imagine why you couldn't just move that up one right. day. But hey, that, that's not my job to figure those that's things right. out. That's right. Chris, let's let's uh, tackle the first big question because weather is an issue pretty much throughout the country right now, and we're seeing totals go down. How is it affecting what you do? And is there anything that really sticks out to you saying, okay, this is going to be horrible. There's not going to be any scoring. Maybe it's the Browns-Saints game. We've seen it go from about 36-37 down to 31-and-a-half. Is this something that concerns you? Well, it it is something that intrigues me. Um, And if we're going to talk about the Browns right now, I'll kick it off by saying we do like Cleveland this week. New Orleans is a dome team. Uh, it, playing outdoors in this kind of weather, uh, that, that's a tough situation for them. And, you know, Cleveland, the, the offense is going to keep getting better with Deshaun Watson. It's taken a few games for them to adjust. They're not going to put up a ton of points, obviously, in this kind of weather. Mm-hmm. But the defensive issues in the past game that they've had earlier this season, you're probably not going to have to worry a whole lot about that with the cold and the wind, you know, and the wind being a huge factor. Uh, you know, when it comes to making field goals. So a lot of games, the, the totals have obviously dropped. Uh, we do like Cleveland here. It's actually our four-star and power sweep. Mm-hmm. Andy Dalton's 12-5 and all-time against the Browns, but, you know, a lot of those games were playing when he was playing with Cincinnati. New Orleans 1-5 and against the spread mark in recent away games. Cleveland's 9-3 and against the spread against the NFC teams. And the frigid temperatures, the heavy winds, everything has us. Leading with the Browns here. Chris, why is Dalton the quarterback and not Jameis Winston there? Yeah, I think they just trust Andy Dalton to not make big mistakes. Jameis, just his entire career, he's been plagued by interceptions. Mm. And it's hard to trust the guy who just throws it to the other team a lot. And he, 
he's done that when he's gotten his, his chances this year. You know, second game of the year, he threw three interceptions against Tampa Bay, followed that up with two against uh, Carolina. And you can throw for, you know, 300, 350 yards in, in a game. But if you throw the ball to the other team, and you're not scoring points, ultimately it doesn't really much matter. And Dalton's played okay, 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions. His yards per attempt are actually on par with what Jameis was putting up for this year and a little bit uh, a little bit ahead of actually what Jameis did last year when he had a, a better season for him, for his standards, 14 touchdowns, only three interceptions. But ultimately it comes down to it, how, how much you trust your quarterback. Right. Jameis just turns it over too much. So much weather concerns throughout the NFL this weekend that don't concern teams that play in a dome. And maybe the marquee matchup might be Dallas Cowboys hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I don't see a total on that game, but the Dallas Cowboys favored by about four, four and a half points. Who do you like in that matchup? Well, the the big question, obviously, is what's going to uh, happen with the quarterback situation with Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts, now Hurts. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But we still like Philadelphia here. You know, the defense has played out of their minds this year. Uh, Eagles have been arguably the best team in the NFC and maybe the best team in the NFL. And a big reason for that is the defense. It's not just Jalen Hurts. It's not just Miles Sanders and A.J. Brown. But the defense has played phenomenally, holding opponents 43 yards per game below their average. They uh, held the Bears' offense, which has – Greatly improved this year with Justin Fields, a dual threat, to 248 yards last week. Only 91 passing yards. They held Tennessee a few weeks ago to 122 passing yards. It's been really hard to throw on the Eagles, period. They're only giving up 172 passing yards in the season. They have 55 sacks. Uh, Just in the last three weeks, they have 19 sacks. They're absolutely getting after the quarterback. Um, You can get the Dak. You know, Dallas' offense – The best I can say is inconsistent. Right. Yep. You know, Mm -hmm. they're averaging 28 points a game. They're averaging 362 yards per game. But every once in a while, they come out and they just don't look like what you expect them to look like. He's got the weapons. He's, you know, but Dak hasn't exactly, you know, he missed some games, but he hasn't exactly looked like the high-priced quarterback that he's supposed to be. 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions in the season, only uh, 7.5 yards per attempt, which, you know, is kind of, is on par for what he's averaged in the past, but not uh, not that elite level. You know, go back to 19 when he had 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. His yards per attempt that year was 8.2, hmm. and now he's uh, almost a full yard below that at 7.5. Completion percentage is down from that year, and that, that's what they thought they were getting when they signed him to that big contract. Chris Van Dyne is our professional handicapper, joins us every Friday from ncsports.com on Twitter at ChrisV160. Uh, Chris, about two hours to the east, there's a pretty big game tomorrow night because it's an anniversary of sorts. It's a 50th year anniversary today of the Immaculate Reception. Steelers hosting the 6-8 and eight Raiders. In fact, both teams are at 6-8. and eight. Steelers giving up two points. Has that number changed since the passing of Franco Harris? Uh, I don't think so. I'd have to look at what it opened up at. Um, yeah, so I, I saw it opening up at two and a half. Okay, uh, is what we had of that. Uh, so, yeah, it, 
it hasn't changed. I, 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 I wouldn't imagine that would change the line. I mean, it's, it's a sad, sad event. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh and I actually have okay. a picture of me as a child. One of the, one of my first memories was, uh, going to Sears Robux when I was a child and Franco Harris was signing autographs wow. and my parents sat me on, on Franco's lap and I got his, uh, his autograph on a football helmet that I still have to this day. And I'm not even really a Steelers fan. I just grew up in the Pittsburgh area. My family was all uh, Pittsburgh fans. All all my mom's side of the family is from Pittsburgh. So, you know, uh, definitely a sad, sad turn of events with Franco passing away on the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. But, you know, it is an interesting game. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, We like the Steelers here. Raiders have been an outstanding uh, eleven and fours and away dog recently, but you know again with the frigid temperatures yep. and the Steelers, you know starting to figure things out a little bit. Uh, you know we'll see what happens with the quarterback situation there, but kind of like the Steelers here, they're coming off three out of, three of the last four wins or three, they've won three out of their last four games. Not great competition they're beating, but the Raiders, you know, after that lucky win they had last week, right. You know, they they might be in for a little bit of a letdown, mm. and the, the the weather and the temperature and everything is going to probably favor the Steelers greatly. Chris, this time of year, teams that have clinched versus teams that have packed it in, is there any impact for you or us if we're in the betting public uh, tomorrow or Sunday or maybe even Monday night? Absolutely. You know, but also understand that Vegas has adjusted those lines okay. knowing that uh, you know, teams have no, you know, uh, no motivation to play, mm-hmm. so to speak. But you know that sometimes you will have a team that you might have no, might seem like they have no motivation, but they come out and play hard because these guys can be playing for bonuses. They're mm-hmm. playing for a roster spot, especially at the end of the season. You're putting young guys in the game that might be playing to for for next year to to keep a spot on the roster. So you do have to look at each individual situation, but also understand that Vegas has already cooked that in the line a little bit. Okay. And uh you know th- th- there's always games in the last couple of weeks that have have that kind of uh effect. And there's also games where both teams will be in a situation where they're both eliminated and it's it's tough to make a prediction in those kind of games because you just don't know how they're going to play. In your opinion, is there a team that's packed it in though? Um, there's probably a few here. <laughs> I always um, look for those. That's I mean, where I look Indiana- for my value. Indianapolis. <laughs> I'll tell you what. After after last week, if Indianapolis didn't pack it in, <laughs> I, I can't imagine how they bounce back. I mean, to blow a 33 point lead, right. they got absolutely embarrassed the week before by Dallas. I, I don't know what's yeah. going on here. I couldn't. I couldn't in a million years betting Indianapolis right now. Outstanding. Um, uh, I'm, Trying to find, yeah, they're playing on Monday Night Football this week against the Chargers, oh who are going to be very motivated in that game. So, yeah, the Colts are ugly. You know, there, there's a few other teams. The Jets yesterday looked really bad. Um, so, obviously, they haven't packed it in, but uh, they have to figure out that quarterback situation Chargers. pretty quickly or else it's going to be over for them. Chargers. You know, who hasn't packed it in is your Lions. No, no, Lions are, they, they think they're in. In fact, one of my yeah, best friends yeah. is a huge Lions fan. He's been texting me all day today. It's our time. It's our turn. I mean, that team really, I mean, had they not started off the season at one and six, they're firmly entrenched. And I believe it's the team that nobody wants to play right now. 
I'll agree with that. I, I do agree with that. Jared Goff is, yep. you know, it's funny. I was just saying the other day that last year, if you'd have asked me, you know, about the uh, Goff versus right. uh, Stafford trade, I would have said, well, the Rams won that in a landslide. Sure. Now, you know, granted, the Rams are probably pretty content with what they got because they got a ring out That's of it. That's it. But. You know, on the flip side, the Lions are like, okay, this this wasn't the landslide trade that the Rams didn't win it hands down like it looked like last year. Jared Goff looks like the quarterback we saw a few years ago before he, you know, battled some injury issues. And, you know, last year in his first year at Detroit went pretty rough. But, uh, yeah, they've won six of their last seven. Their yeah. offense is really clicking. They're averaging 32 yards a game more than their opponents allow. Amazing. That's fourth in the league. Mm-hmm. You know what else, too? People forget the fact that Jared Goff took a team to a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. You know that's that's a pretty big deal, and that means you at least won the NFC Championship game, and that's got to stand for something. So we'll move on to some college ball games because ball games pretty much every night now for the next two weeks. And I don't know, can you really handicap all these games, Chris? You got tonight Independence Bowl going on, actually already started, and then the Gasparilla Bowl, Missouri Wake Forest tonight. Demon Deacons favored by two. Oh, we can absolutely handicap these bowl games. And I'll tell you what, there's a couple, uh, not so much this week. Uh, some of the later bowl games in this uh, current issue of Power Sweep I, I do like. But the next issue of Power Sweep, we, we've already uh, kind of, because, because of Christmas, we had to write that ahead of time a couple mm-hmm. days. And we've got some games penciled in that we really like after Christmas. Um, as far as tonight's game, I, I will say, um, you know, Missouri has one heck of a defense and yeah. they're a team that has kind of flown under the radar at one time this season, they had eight, eight straight games go under the total. Uh, they did have a couple defensive linemen opt out of this game, which is where their strength of the defense is, but they, they were a deep defensive line. So even without those guys, I think the defense will be okay. They held opponents 76 yards per game below their average. Five of their last seven games, they held teams below 300 yards. And the, the one of the games they, they got absolutely gashed in the second half was Tennessee, who you know did that to kind of, to, to a lot of teams. And a lot of those yards came in the second half. Tennessee kind of ran the score up late on them. But uh, Wake Forest offensively has been a juggernaut. And this is what looks like Sam Hartman's last game at Wake Forest, mm-hmm. but uh, he's probably going in the portal. Defensively, they have struggled, but this isn't a very dynamic uh, – this is not a dynamic Missouri offense at all. They're also their, their top receiver, Dominic Lovett, went in the portal and just announced he's going to Georgia, so the rich get richer there. Mm. But, you know, the the Missouri pass defense has only allowed 14 touchdown passes all season. Wake Forest strength – is in their pass game. I don't think they're going to have the success throwing the ball against this Missouri defense and against the Missouri defensive front. So uh, on the flip side, Missouri's def- Wake Forest defense has struggled at times, but Missouri does not have the explosion in their offense without their, their receiver, Dominic Lovett, who accounted for 19% of their offense. And their rushing game really struggled this year. 
Uh, their leading rusher, Cody Schrader, was actually a Division three transfer wow. and only averages 4.4 yards a carry. Brady Cook was an okay quarterback. He threw 13 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He is a dual threat. But I actually like this game to go under. Uh, total this morning was at 58.5. So we had the under as a, as a play that we like tonight in Wake Forest versus Missouri, the Gasparilla Bowl. I'll give you one other game I like right. in, the, uh, in this current issue of Power Sweep. I like UCF to beat Duke. Uh, couple uh, that that game is on the 28th of December. Duke has only played four teams that made a bowl all season, and it went one and three against those teams. Uh, the, the one win they had was against Wake Forest in the season finale. Uh, th- their schedule just for whatever reason they really lucked out in the ACC and played. Most of the teams that didn't make bowl games that were in down years, Virginia Tech was in a down year. Boston College was in a down year. They only won that game by seven points. Virginia was in a down year. They lost to Georgia Tech, who didn't make a bowl game. Uh, Their non-conference schedule was pretty weak. They played Temple, Northwestern, North Carolina, A&T, and they did lose to Kansas by eight. Kansas ended up six and six. So on uh, on the flip side, UCF, nine wins this season. They lost the uh, AAC title game in a rematch against Tulane. John Reese Plumley was battling some uh, some hamstring issues. He's had enough time to let that heal, and he, he, you know he, he's a quarterback that needs to be able to run. He has 827 rushing yards. I like the coaching edge here with Gus Malzahn against Mike Elko, who has done a phenomenal job at Duke, but mm-hmm. it, it, in his first year, getting him to a bowl and getting him to eight wins despite the fact they were picked, I, I believe, last in the Coastal before the season started. But, you know, they, they were uh, plus, I believe, 14 turnovers in the season, so a lot of turnover luck for them. And for uh, for UCF, I just think that coaching edge is a big difference here. Malzahn being a, a veteran coach that's been around the block in bowl games. Elko coaching his first bowl game. So I've got UCF winning that game outright. They're a three-point dog. Nine days away, people. Gambling will be legal here at Bushwood or in the state of Ohio, and you'll be able to use this information to help yourself make the correct pick, actually. And we want to remind you that, and we want to thank Chris Van Dyne for joining us today. Chris, without giving us an exact play, is there any teams you can think of that aren't in the Final Four that are out to make a statement? You don't have to give us our play, but what teams are out there that really, really want to or need to make a statement this bowl season? Oh, you know, um, I'll tell you a team I I like is Florida State, and I think they're trying to build momentum for next season. At the end of the season, you could arguably make make the statement that Florida State was the best team in the ACC at the end of the year. They ended the season on a five game winning streak. They outscored their opponents by 16 points a game on the season, both offensively and defensively played really well. Uh, no significant opt outs, and most of the most of their key players are coming back for next year. This is a team that's built a lot of momentum, and they're playing a six and six Oklahoma team in a bowl game that's in a down year. I think Mike Norvell's, you know, really going to want to win strong in that final game. And, you know, Florida State could be a potential top 10 team to start the season next year. And a lot of people are saying Florida State's back. So we'll have to see about next year. But I think they are building a lot of momentum in in Tallahassee right now. That is Chris Van Dyne. Home of the Power Sweep and Power Plays is ncsports.com. Chris, thanks for joining us once again. Happy holidays. And we'll do this again next Friday, all right? 
Yes, absolutely. I, I appreciate you guys as always, and thank you to listeners. Have a happy holiday. Outstanding. Chris Van Dyne, professional sports handicapper at ncsports.com.